You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the author of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing really well again. Um, how about yourself? Not bad. Not bad at all. I had a very pleasant um, weekend. Um, I was going to try and build a little bit of sort of tension and, you know, drama into the podcast by um, by getting you to guess where I'd been at the weekend, but unfortunately oh. I can't because I noticed you'd stuck a picture of mine believe, in your bulletin oh, yeah, this I, week, I, haven't you? I'm aware of where you were, indeed. I know, I'm being stalked. It's like Big Brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I had a lovely, uh, a lovely afternoon at Devizes. Um, Anna took me, my wife and kids there, and we had a we had a really great time. Really nice, um, really nice to see some Western League football. I know I keep on, I keep on sort of sloping off to the um, to the Southern League, but my my first love remains the Western League, and um, it's uh, it's lovely to have uh, a club so close as Devizes to go to, and they do a fantastic job of um, of looking after us. So we had a great time. Anyway, um, we'll talk about Devizes, I'm sure, a little bit later in the podcast. Um, but we will kick off by talking... We've only got a couple of games, haven't we? A couple of midweek games, starting on Tuesday the 4th of September. It was a big one as well, Tom, wasn't it? And nearly 300 people saw this game between Bridgewater Town and Plymouth Parkway. Yeah, I mean, two of the early early Premier Division pace setters, so you can see why the uh, anticipation for this one was pretty high. 298 fans, you um, say. Yeah, the biggest of the season so far. Uh, definitely in the in, in the league, which is yeah fantastic, and obviously maybe the the midweek uh, matches are, are those that attract the bigger crowds. We'll have to wait and see how that progresses this season. But yeah, it was a, a game between uh, Bridgewater and Plymouth Parkway, and it was the visitors who who stole the uh, the three points uh, towards the end. Obviously, Bridgewater free uh, free scoring up until then, uh, but Parkway managed to keep them at bay, uh, and despite being down to ten men, uh, they managed to get a yeah get a winner five minutes from time, and it was Stuart Yetton. Uh, fired home from the penalty spot. He started the season uh, really, really well. And, yeah, it was Smith Parkway who came away with the three points. Uh, a 1-0 win away at Bridgewater. Uh, and, and we, I mean, you've got to give Parkway a lot of credit, really. I mean, it's a long... You know, I mean, for, it, for them this season, pretty much every game's a long way to go in the midweek. Mm. You know, the other challenge, of course, with um, midweek games is that, you know, you, you can't always guarantee a full squad selection. And you know, we're not talking about professional players here. So to go to a you know a team like Bridgewater in a midweek you know I think that's um, that's a real statement of intent. Anyway, hats off to them. Um, Wednesday the fifth of September, uh, Bridport. It was their replay against Romsey Town. They'd gone to Romsey. They got the draw. They got Romsey back to Bridport, and um, you know it was a good win, wasn't it, Tom? Yeah, indeed. So they've only played uh, Bridport. This is, they've only played three league games all season. So they've been in a lot of cup action. A couple of replays now, and yeah, come out on top on this one. Uh, a four-two win at home to Romsey, as you say. I think it was four all in the uh, in the uh, original tie, uh, but it was yeah, it was very much the Bees who made the better start. Two 0 up after 14 minutes, uh, thanks to Richard Hebditch and Braden Signs. Uh, Romsey then did manage to pull a goal back uh, through James Clifton, uh, but Bridport uh, restoring their two-goal lead just before the break uh, when Hebditch scored his second of the second of the evening. Uh, Liam McGee then, uh, yeah, got a goal back for Romsey once again, so they, they cut the deficit to one once more, but it was uh, wrapped up late on by Bridport. Uh, Mark Stolter, obviously the man who's oh. scoring billions and billions of goals, uh, yeah, and he got another one. 
again, he's uh, managed to, to secure a spot uh, in the next round of the FA Vars where uh, Bridport will take on Warminster, I believe. So the focus for this week's podcast was very much intended to be on the FA Cup first qualifying round. We had a bit of a hard time, didn't we, Tom? <laughs> in uh, in yeah. this, um, I mean, Buckland Athletic of all people, uh, of course, you know, great Western League side there. Um, they came unstuck away at Binfield three nil. Um, we did have one guaranteed success story, though, didn't we? Bitten against Westbury United. Yeah, so two teams obviously uh, started the season. Uh, yeah, pretty much winning every game, and it was Bitten who kept their run going. Three uh, 0 victory at home to, to Westbury, so they're still not letting a goal this season. Still yet to concede Bitten. Uh, yeah, uh, pretty much uh, yeah comprehensive win for them. Two goals in the first half from Josh Egan, including a, a pretty long range free kick, which has uh, yeah got some rave reports. And then Dan Hines added a third in the second half. Uh, yeah, to book Bitten passage through to the next round of the uh, FA Cup. Well, uh, we've already had. Dan Langdon, of course, the Bitten manager on the podcast um, this season. But um, the uh, the form of Bitten, particularly their defensive form, was something that I'm sure hasn't just caught my eye. I really wanted to get um, them on this week's podcast to uh, to celebrate that victory in the FA Cup first qualifying round. So I had a chat with their captain, Scott Bryce. I started off by asking him about that impressive defensive display, not just against Westbury, but so far this season. Um, this season, we're defending well as a team. Um, like I said, we've had in a few games so much luck that I don't. I think we've ever, like used all our luck. Thing, but um, like I said on Saturday, we kept our shape. We defended well, um, keeping a couple of good saves. But at the moment, it's just a, a lot of belief and confidence that we're just we're just not going to concede a goal. Um, and it just, like I said, it's not just the back four. We've got like, midfielders who sit in front of us. They play really well, and you're just everybody should work him really, really hard. Because you haven't conceded a goal this season at all yet. I mean, I, it's funny, isn't it? Football's a funny funny game in that, you know, the sort of records or, or, or runs are there, you know, to be broken. I think if you if you remember last season, of course, Street went on that incredible winning run and, and everyone was waiting for them to lose. So I suppose not only is everyone waiting for you to lose, but they must be waiting for you to ship a goal as well. Yeah, there is that. To be fair, like um, after the second game, I think the, gaff, like, the gaffer dangled a little carrot and said, "Like if we, um, if Dan, the goalkeeper, gets like golden glove from the from the league or whatever, he'll uh, he'll shut the back five a little bonus." But um, no, nothing's come of that yet. So <laughs> hopefully something happens. But yeah, we're um, we as a team, we're just we're just concentrating on just winning games. And at the moment, the clean sheets are a bonus, but. If you can keep a clean sheet in the most games, you're going to win most games. Then, so now I've um, I've known you for some time um, through your involvement with um, with Porton Rovers, but I know that you were a relatively well travelled um, um, player before your time uh, with Porton, and obviously you've gone on now to uh, you, to represent um, to represent Bitten. But you've had a few other clubs as well. Can you um, give the listeners a little taste of the career? This is your life, Scott. So can you give us a taste of the of the clubs that you've uh, that you've played for over your time? Um, I first got released from um, Bristol Rovers um, just after like the first year, sort of thing. Um, I went and played in Sweden um, for it's meant to be six months, but got cut short just because the the standard wasn't as good as what I expected and a few false promises just led me down the wrong path so um, I was looking to get back really before the season started over um, in England um, and Richard Thompson at Yate to be fair give me 
my best opportunity to get me into men's football. I was young. Um, I hadn't really had anything behind me. And um, he put me into a team which I think he just got promoted into the Southern League when, when I joined them. With the likes of like Lee Jeffries, Paul Chenoa, um, Dave Alsey, they, all, all the older ones who, to be fair, I'm still quite close with Lee Jeffries, Richard Thompson. They literally probably put me in the right sort of mentality and mindset to become the sort of a oh, semi-professional sort of a men's football player, really. Um, I, was, I had four, four good years there. And then um, I had a season down at Weymouth when things weren't the best down there at the time and uh, Matty Hell took the job on and they were looking to recruit young young lads, really. Um, I went down there with, must have been five or six Bristol lads, really. Um, and I was playing in the Conference South, which is probably the, the, the highest I've played. Um, I was captain down there, probably played 25-plus games and... That was probably the closest I got to an actual proper football club, really. They were, there was 800, 900 every week, and we were conceding. Sometimes you were losing four or five nils, but you could guarantee the following week there would be another 700, 800. And then when you have your local divers at Christmas with Dorchester, you're playing in front of over a thousand people. So that was, um, that was really good for my career, and, and it, it helped me. And then um, after that, it went to, um, I think it must have been. Uh, Almond's brief for a little bit and then Holton really which was another highlight obviously getting getting promotion via the playoffs which was with I've, I've said before at the moment I'm with a really really good bunch of lads um, probably right up there with with one of the best group of lads I've played with but it would rival very closely with Holton when we got promoted the, the squad and the, and just the spirit we had because going to Murphy in the playoff final they haven't lost all year so you're basically You've been written off even before you've crossed the bridge, sort of thing. And just like the management, Nick Boneyard and Josh Jeffries, and we just literally turned up and just put a, such a rugged display in, and obviously got got promotion. So it's probably one of my highlights, to be fair. I mean, you played with some great players in that Porton side, and obviously you had the time at Weymouth as well, where you were coming up against quality opposition in the you know in the conference. I mean, I know that the Western League doesn't. Um, have the same depth of quality and the same standard of football, but you are still amongst some pretty useful um, players at Bitten. I mean, h- how do you think your team's going to get on this season? Um, it's one of them. Like, at the moment, the, the squad in depth is, is good. It is, it's strong. There's competition for places. People are unhappy, obviously, not getting minutes. and It's just hard to keep these many people happy when, like you said, you are just played 8-1-8, conceded none. Is almost Im- impossible to change things to an extent. So, um, but like I said, this league, like you said, people say the Western League's not that great. But as you get older, if you look like you look around, and a lot of players are almost stepping down into this sort of level because there's like less travelling and like all the teams down like South, like Willand and, and um, Buckland, and that they attract the players from Tivy, Weymouth, Dorchester, who who don't really want to do the travelling, so they kind of drop down a little bit and it all becomes a lot less probably quite similar financial rewards for them so um, it is it's quite a competitive league I mean do you think that Bitten are on for a promotion push this season? I don't want to say that we're going to look to try and win the league because at the moment after four league games I think I think it could be pretty impossible to, to base it on that um, and like at the moment we've, we've played some 
good teams, some average teams, and and teams which you should just be beating. The likes of like 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 Westbury, for example, they've played four in the league and won four, but they probably look at those teams to think, oh, we should beat them. That's where you kind of aim to pick out your points. So I, I think looking forward is just keeping our heads down, just just staying just staying level headed and just ticking off game by game, really. Well, um, we'll come to your next game in a minute, but you've got uh, the draw's been made um, for the second qualifying round of the FA Cup. Now, I think that uh, you, you sound like you're being very realistic and very um, conservative uh, in this um, in this interview. So I'm not going to suggest for a minute that, that you're necessarily that Bitten are going to lift the FA Cup this year. But um, I'm sure you'd like to keep going in the competition for as long as you possibly can. How do you think you're going to get on against Taunton? Well, we all know it's going to be a tough game. Obviously, um, away from home. Then it's Taunton, obviously, they've had probably two or three great seasons, really, and and they are where they are for for that reason. So, like you said, I've I've read in the paper they've got a lot of players on contracts because they are good players. So I mean, it, it stops them going places, and we're just going to have to just do what we do and maybe hope that bit of luck is on our side. But like you said, it's, it's always great to be an underdog, regardless if it's Taunton or or, or anybody. Just away from home, no pressure, just literally just go and enjoy it. And, and what happens, happens. Like I said, if, if we can dig in and, and win the game, then great. Or if we can get a replay, do you know what I mean? It, it's just, just as beneficial. So, like I said, our, our sites are just one game at a time. I mean, there's no doubting Taunton's quality. But in fairness, you've got a lot of experience and, and in fairness, quality in your side. So if you go there and they underestimate you, they might be in for a bit of a shock. Oh, definitely, yeah. Like I said, our, our, our team has probably got, I'd say, five or seven, if not more, who could who could probably play in the league above in, in all the local teams. Um, but like I said, at, at the moment, um, Dan the Gaffer has just got a group of lads together. We get on really well. We play for each other. And we're just um, a lot of friends, really, to be fair. Um, like I said, if you if they want to go to the league above, then you get all the extra travelling. And, and to be fair, the, the, the local teams are... I don't know how adventurous they are. It's, it's one of them anymore where, in the moment, they do want to achieve things. So it's just um, a great place to be at the moment. Now, if we have a look at your opponents on Saturday, you're in the um, you're in the Vars. Uh, that's another competition you could be doing. Uh, you could do well in this season. And uh, Bishop's Cleave are the opponents. Uh, are you confident? Like I've said, I, I'm not overly confident with any sort of game we play. Um, if we do things right, we do look dangerous, and like I said, and, and, it, and at the moment we're being quite um, sharp shop at the back. So, like I said, my, my last couple of games against Bishop's Cleese were probably maybe two or three years ago, and they were near the bottom of the um, of the league above. So since then they have been relegated, I think, and with the cross. But like you said, you can never you can never under, uh, never underestimate anybody. So, um, like you said, I think. Our mindset now every week is just doing what we do, um, not worrying about anybody else or who we're playing against. Just pretty much, if we do what we practice on the training and put, put things into place, who knows, really? Well, I, I think that that's um, a, a very good um, a point to finish on, Scott, because um, we're all sort of hoping that you go as well as you possibly can this season, um, particularly in the cup competitions. Definitely you're f- still flying the flag for the Western League in, obviously, the, the, the FA Cup and the Vars. So um, uh, all eyes will be on you. I expect there'll be a fair few people listening to this who'll be out there waiting for you to ship that first goal. Obviously, you and your goalkeeper <laughs> won't be one of them because um, you'll want to get, get that bonus that you've been promised. Oh, <laughs> and, um, oh, I think 
think we, I think we might have to do a bit of digging for us here, please, because <laughs> we're nearly halfway through September, yeah, and uh, I think we're just waiting for this bonus from the gaffer. So, blimey, you're gonna see. you're gonna get me you're gonna get me taken off air. Anyway, it's um <laughs> it's been great catching up with you, Scott. Thank you very much for your time. It's been great talking to you about your career, and it really is lovely to see that. Um, um, I mean, I know you're not getting any younger, but you're not over the hill yet. Um, you're still sort of putting in a shift and um, and doing very very well um, uh, in the cup competitions and at the top of the uh, the, the Tall Station Western League. Cheers, Ian. Thank you very much. And my thanks to Scott for his time. When it comes to Bridport, Tiverton, Ch- uh, Cadbury Heath, Cinderford Town and Chipping Sodbury against Bristol Manor Farm, I'm afraid, despite some huge home gates, and um, we really applaud our sides for managing such fantastic support, uh, I'm afraid those sides weren't able to progress in this year's um, FA Cup competition. Plymouth Parkway are still in the hat. Perhaps their best chance of beating Street was on Saturday, but they do get another chance in the replay. They held our former league winners, Street, nil all uh, on, um, on Saturday, so hats off to them. We will move on to the Premier Division. Uh, Bradford Town, they had picked up another home win, this time against Brislington, 1-0. Uh, but um, Clevedon and Odd Down, uh, they, uh, well, five goals in this game, Tom, plenty to talk about. Yeah, fascinating again, this one. We'll see down coming into a little bit of form after a, a tricky little start. But yeah, um, they did go ahead, 41st minute, and it was Ash McGrain. He's done pretty well to start the season. Um, he put, yeah, fired them into a 41st minute lead. Uh, but Clevedon managed to turn it around really quickly. They were actually ahead at the breaks, so obviously scoring uh, two goals in pretty quick succession from Sid Camper and then Lucas Fowles uh, after the penalty in first half stoppage time uh, to make it 2-1 at the break. Uh, up down, they managed. Uh, sorry, <clears throat> and it was Camper who obviously scored right at the end of the first half. He managed to get another one uh, in the second to double his tally to make it three-one. Uh, before Anthony Conradi struck a late consolation for the uh, the Bath side. But yeah, Cleveland coming out uh, with a three-two win. And another five-goal thriller this time at Hengrove Athletic. Yeah, indeed, and it was the uh, the away side Bridgewater coming away with the uh, the three points in this one. Uh, a four-one victory. Obviously, coming stuck. Uh, midweek against uh, Plymouth Parkway, but they were back to back to winning ways and back to scoring uh, plenty of goals. 31 minutes uh, for them to take the uh, take the lead uh, for a Lee Beck goal, uh, and then it was uh, unfortunately for them Hengrove managed to, to grab an equaliser just two minutes later uh, through Giorgio Mancini. Uh, but then after half time, Bridgewater very much uh, pushed away. Uh, three goals uh, unanswered for them. Uh, Jack Taylor from the spot, obviously doing. Fantastically well to start the season. He added another one to his tally. Uh, and then it was also Tom Ellis and Kurt Robinson who wrapped things up. Uh, he's yeah, scoring 20 minutes from time to complete the uh, 4-1 win for Bridgewater. Yeah, bouncing back from that Tuesday defeat there. Um, Wellington, they beat Shepton Mellett 2-1 at home. And finally in the Premier Division, Will and Rovers against Roman Glass and George Tom. Now that was a one-all draw. And um, I think we've got to take a lot of credit to Roman Glass there, haven't we? Yeah, indeed, and they had to come come from behind to, to gain that point as well. Um, Willand, obviously, a pretty tough nut to crack, especially at Silver Street, and they, yeah, they were the ones that went ahead. Luke Mortimer, uh, he scored a couple of goals already this season, so he, yeah, another one for him uh, to put Willand ahead. But yeah, Roman Glass managed to fight back, obviously, from the first division last season. They're keeping up that form, carrying it into into this season. Uh, yeah, and it was a Jason Burt header, which managed to secure a point for them. And, uh, yeah, they're sitting OK in eighth after after five games, so I think they'll be happy with how things go, and especially, yeah, a point where it will and not to be sniffed at. Very much so. Well done to the glass. Bo-
Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock. Hit this button. Thanks, hand. And it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. Now, in the first division, and uh, Bishop Sutton were at home, but found wanting to Wells City. Yeah, pretty pretty big winners for Wells. Uh, 4-1 win uh, away from home, their third victory of the season. Uh, Tom Clifford-Jones sent them on their way uh, after a quarter of an hour uh, with uh, Ryan Stiles and doubling the advantage just before the break uh, with a really, really well-taken goal. Uh, yeah, and James Bisgrove uh, made it 3-0 uh, after half-time, so pretty much... Pretty much wrapping things up, uh, and then yeah, he added another one as well. So Bisgrove's second half, uh, his brace, uh, helping lead lead Wells to the three points. Four-one win away at Bishop Sutton. Um, that was a great opportunity for me to catch up with the man we spoke to, of course, last season. Wells City demoted um, from the Premier Division last season, but um, um, they found a little bit of form. They found themselves in a rich vein of form these last couple of weeks. So that was a great opportunity for me to catch up with Nathan Truckle, and uh, I started by asking him about that impressive. Uh, win away at Bishop Sutton. I wanted to know whether he thought uh, Wales were worthy winners by four goals to one. It did, Ian. Um, to be honest, we needed that sort of result like that and a performance like that coming away from our, our, the week fixture before when we were at home to Welton, losing 2-0. Uh, we sort of uh, didn't do ourselves any favours, any justice that week. Um, so we made it clear to the players that we needed a response um, and they duly delivered on that. So, yeah, 4-1, to be honest... We, when we're 3-0 up, we had a chance to get a 4-1 hit the post from six yards out, which would have you know, completely put the game to bed. We then let them back in with a soft goal at 3-1. Then they did have an opportunity, um, but then we managed to kill the game off with a fourth goal in the 89th minute. But yeah, I'd say 4-1 was a, a fair result. If not, we could have possibly had a, you know, a couple more goals as well. Yeah, it's a question of um, will the will the wheel will the real Wales City please stand up, isn't it? Because I mean, you've been a little bit inconsistent in the start this season. I mean, it's been pretty solid, but I'm sure that you would uh, you would have liked to have seen um, a few more a few more um, performances like the one you got on Saturday. Definitely, yeah. Obviously, first game of the season, Ashton and Backwell was a game when you look at you know previous history last season and things like that, and with the team we've now built this season because we have. There's a lot of changes from last year. There's a lot of local lads have come in. Management setups changed, um, so we are, you know, we have a belief that we could do well this season. But it's a big step up for a few players, and where we've got a few younger players, we we are expecting a bit of inconsistency along the lines. But the Ashton and Backwell, the sort of well ones, without being disrespectful, at home we would have liked to have picked up points there, at least a point, if not going for the three points. Um, and then we've gone away to Kingsham, who are favourites, one of the favourites to win the league, and then we put in a hell of a performance and won. 3-1 and then obviously gone away to Bishop Sutton who have had a good start of the season and beaten them 4-1 um, so it shows when we play well we play very well and we're up there with the best and then obviously when we don't play well when we don't turn up we let ourselves down 
you know, we are we, we struggle, but it is to be expected. It's, it's early on in the season. They're still gelling together as a team. We've only kept probably six players from last season, so we've got sort of another 10 to 14 players that we've brought in fresh this season, and as I've said, a few stepping up from lower divisions. So we are expecting a, a bit of a hit miss up and down at the start, but I'm sure soon enough we will find that consistency that we want, and I'm hoping we'll have a good season. Well, that was the funny thing about last season, wasn't it, in the first division? I've lost count of the number of times on the podcast we talked about the fact that any, any team could beat, could beat yeah. any other team, and, and that seems to be um, how the season started again. <laughs> yeah, no, we've been saying that at Wells at the moment. Like as a our management management group, we are talking about it each game because you look at teams who you're playing next. You obviously look, to, you know, like we're doing a five game plan. Our first five games, you know, one, two, lost three. Right, we need to improve on that. We've got these games coming up, and you pick at teams. And again, it's not being disrespectful, but you look at last season where they finished, what we've done, who we brought in. But it's just unpredictable at the moment. You can't judge on that because I think a few, you know, all the teams have looked to improve, um, and as you've seen. Yeah, you know, what you'd expect to be the top five, six teams, they've already lost a couple of games this season. So I think we are going to, there's going to be a few twists and turns as the season unfolds. But hopefully, uh, we'll get the rubber of the green and we'll, uh, we'll get that consistency uh, to keep working on the things that we're at fault for. And then, yeah, like I said, we're hopeful we should have a, a successful season if everything goes to plan. And how would you define a successful season? For me, after obviously a disappointment of relegation, um, for me it would just be at the start of the season. I said to consolidate in the league, win more than we lose. That was my, always my thing. I'd want to win more than we lose, um, and that's what I would say would be successful to start off with. But me being me, and obviously having played football and the players we've brought in, I know the attitude and mentality of those players, and the, the joint manager as well, we would really like to be knocking up on the top seven, top six, seeing if we can be in the mix come the end of the season. That would be, for me, the icing on the cake. If we can mix it with that top six, top seven bracket, you know, then you know anything can happen in the, the, the run into the season. But I said it is early days. It is unpredictable. It's Division 1. So, um, for me, just, yeah, consolidate, win more than we lose, mid-table, knocking on the door, top seven. It's, uh, I'll be happy with that. I mean, August has been a difficult month for, for many of the sides that I've spoken to, including those who've, who've, who have come into form of late. I mean, do you think that the relegation and the reorganisation of the staff um, contributed to your relatively slow start? I, I do think that, yeah. I think you can't expect the team, however good players are you bringing in. What, we had a very good pre-season, so I think... With that, it was brilliant to see us bounce back from relegation, disappointment of it. Like I said, the new players, it looked like it gelled well. Obviously, you don't have pressure in that pre-season build-up. You're not playing for points. As soon as it came into, right, we got pressure on us, you could tell that it, it sort of it got on players' backs. The, you know, we, we fell into, maybe we got bullied a little bit. You know, we weren't expecting certain things. Teams turned up, were a little bit hungrier than what we were. And yeah, maybe you've got in your mind at the back of your, you know, subconscious, yeah, you know, we have just come back from relegation. We don't want to keep falling down on this spiral. You know, we need to hit, hit some form. You know, we, we have targeted a mid-table to top-half finish. And that might be, you know, weighing on players' minds a little bit. But as we've already said, it is, it's just unpredictable, Division 1. So I think it will keep throwing up a few odd results along the way. Um, but like I said, if we can find a little bit more consistency, then I do think we can... Uh, we can really sort of uh, put a stamp down on this season and make sure we are part where, where we believe we should be. 
I mean, you've talked about some of the personnel changes. I, I know re- managers are reluctant to sort of single out players in, in their teams, um, but um, for the fans' perspective, for some of the people that you've brought in, who would... Uh, who, is there anybody that, that fans should be particularly um, looking out for to see this season? Well, we got... We have, we brought in, brought someone in alongside me, um, Tom Clifford Jones, who was playing at Somerton last year. He had many years over at Street um, in the Western Premier Division at centre half. He's coming in to join me on the uh, the management role, and he's also started playing um, sort of early August. Got himself fit. He's got in at centre half, and he is just a leader. He is what we need. You know, we missed it. We've got a lot of young players in, um, so we're now trying to create a bit more of a spine of the team with the older head and Tom. He's definitely one of those who can really sort of build the people up around him. And it has it's, it's paid off early. He's played four games and we've had a, a few good results in those four games. Um, but we've also got um, another lad called James Bidsgrove from Street. He's been out for a couple of years with knee problems. He's come in, he's got himself fit, uh, scored two goals on Saturday and just look, looked a cut above for me. Looked really, really good. Very classy football player. Um, but I think I could name everyone, to be honest. And everyone we brought in, we had a striker. Ryan Stiles from Burnham's come in. He scored sort of six goals in pre-season. He's got a couple already this season. Um, and he's learning this level. It's a big step up for him. But he looks well-equipped for it. He just needs to listen and learn from the people around him, from the management. And he could have a really, really good season. And it's just we've kept five or six from last year. Um, and again, they look really hungry for it. And just it's just sort of listening to what we do, trying to implement our style of play that we want to do at Wells. Um, but yeah, I, I could go on. It could be a, an hour podcast if I named everyone, but that's probably the couple, the few sort of standouts for me at the moment. But again, it is early. Uh, you've got a game coming up on Saturday. It's against St Austell. Uh, you're at home uh, in the Vars. You looking forward yeah. to that? Yeah, and he, obviously Vars is a, a competition we'd like to do well in. I don't think we could have had too much tougher than St Austell at home because I've obviously kept an eye on their results and I think they just picked up a 5 2 win at the weekend and they're knocking on the top sort of five in their division and obviously Cornish teams tend to be fairly strong anyway um, at any level they've always seemed to have a good outfit but it's a cup competition I believe we're going in as underdogs for Saturday and anything can happen it's, it's perfect time in the 4-1 win on Saturday because it just gives us that little boost of confidence and it should breed throughout the team now um, and hopefully we could uh, cause a little upset and go one step further and my thanks to Nathan for his time now, poor old Bishop, uh, poor old Bristol telephones, and they were at the end of a bit of a mauling by um, by Warminster Town. We won't dwell too long on that, but I hope the phones um, come back uh, stronger next week. Carn Town, they were in impressive form at home to Ashton and Backwell. They won three nil. Chard Town against Radstock, that was a, that was another five goal thriller. Um, Chard winning that one by three goals to two, and there were five goals at Chippenham Park, uh, where they took on a. Canesham Town side that seem to have refound their form. Devises, Town against Wincanton. That was the game that I was at. Wincanton took the lead in that one. Devises came back strongly in the second half. I take my hat off to Wincanton because I thought that uh, they looked really good uh, for long spells in that game. But Devises didn't stop fighting and uh, found a way back. Um, uh, so I think that they won ugly on that occasion. I'm sure they'll take umbrage with me if, uh, if they think I've... Uh, I've uh, I've got that one wrong, but um, they found a way to win, which is always the the sign of a strong side. But um, credit, I think, there to both sides. Oldland Abertonians against Longwell Green. Now that was a that was a game that we heard last week was going to be a well. That was a game we heard last week that was a a derby match, of course, and it didn't disappoint. Another five goal thriller, Tom. 
Head against Cheddar. That was another five-goal thriller. Um, Portis Head, who've had a difficult start to the season, it'd be fair to say, making a real fist of it against Cheddar. Um, Cheddar winning there by three goals to two. Uh, Sherbourne Town against Corsham Town. Corsham, of course, had been going ever so well this season, but they uh, they've uh, they they hit the brakes uh, against Sherbourne. Sherbourne running out one-nil winners against um, Corsham. And finally, Welton Rovers, who have really found a spring in their step, coming up against another in-form side, Bishop's Lydiard, but there was clearly only ever going to be one winner here, Tom. Yeah, indeed. As you say, Welton have really, uh, yeah, really found their form. I think this is their third, third league win on the bounce. Uh, yeah, doing really, really well, as I say. And a 3-0 win, uh, home to Bishop's Lydiard. Uh, 58th minute, uh, they took the lead. Aaron Cockrell, really well taken free kick around the wall, uh, direct. Certainly is, and um, they were in full force. That was the biggest crowd in the first division. Ninety-five watched that game uh, at uh, West Clues. Now we've uh, we've got a couple of midweek matches um, on uh, Tuesday, the eleventh of September. Where and, and and anticipating that you're probably listening to this after those, you will know, I'm sure, on the internet whether Street or Plymouth Parkway progress through to the next round of the FA Cup, and indeed how. Chippenham Park got on in their first division tie against Corsham Town. But we move on to Saturday the 15th of September when we have the second qualifying round of the FA Vars. And it's an absolute bumper stack of fixtures, isn't it, Tom? Do you want to take us through those? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, as you say, um, plenty, plenty of matches to look forward to. So we've got Bishop's Lillard hoping to fight back from that defeat on the weekend. They host Elbert and Villa. We've got Bitten, obviously, looking to keep up their... Uh, winning run and uh, yeah, without conceding goals, uh, they host Bishop's Cleeve. Bridport take on Warminster uh, in an old uh, Western League clash. Got Buckland Athletic, they host Newquay. Cheddar, they're at home to Newton Abbott Spurs. Uh, Clevedon travel to take on Fournmouth. Uh, Corsham, they're on the road to take on Fareham. Uh, Cadbury Heath, they're also on their travels, they take on New Milton Town. Uh, we've got Odd Down versus Welton. Petersfield will host Westbury. Uh, we've got Radstock versus Plymouth Parkway. We've got Roman Glass and George hosting Benetton Heath Harlequins. We've got Sherbourne versus Almondsbury. Uh, Cribs travel to take on Shortwood United. And then finally in the bars, we've got Well City hosting ASC and Orstall. We do have um, Premier Division and First Division clashes as well. Bradford are at home to Wellington. Brislington take on Willard. Hengrove against Hallett. 
In the first division, it's Ashton Backwell against Bishop Sutton. Chard take on Oldland. Canesham are at home to Carn, And Portishead are at home to Wincanton. But really, the story of Saturday is all about the FA Vars. Are there any, uh, is there a tie there that really stands out for you, Tom? I think it'll be interesting to see how Warminster uh, get on uh, against Bridport. Obviously, Warminster have you know, started the first division probably a bit of a surprise package to many. Uh, scoring a fair few goals, uh, taking on a Bridport side who've enjoyed quite a bit of success in, in the cup competitions, as we've mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast. So that'll be a, uh, an interesting uh, all-tool station tie. I think there's definitely going to be more success for our sides this weekend and then the FA Cup, obviously, more chances. Uh, yeah, and very much picking out Sherborne. Uh, obviously, you know, I think I mentioned them last week as a, as a tough, tough, tough out, and obviously they they, they became the first team to, to defeat Caution this season. They host Almondsbury, so it's good to see how they're getting on, obviously, in their new new division. So yeah, Sherborne versus Almondsbury is the game I'll be keeping my eye on. Well, we know all, uh, St Austell are going to be strong, but um, I should be interested to see how Roman Glass get on against Pemberton Heath Harlequins. Roman Glass have done; um, they've made a really good start to this season's Premier Division campaign. Uh, so um, I'm sure that uh, that they'll make a good go of that. And Buckland as well. Of course, it wasn't only a couple of seasons ago that we we were Buckland were the were, were the longest remaining team in the uh, in the Vars competition. They're up against Newquay, um, uh, who also um, are are strong. Buckland, of course, at home in that one. So. Um, so yeah, we well we look at we look forward to uh, the the progress of all of our sides, and perhaps when that competition starts to whittle down to the to the last few, we'll we'll uh, we'll go and have a chat with Kerry Miller again and find out a little bit more about the sides that our teams are coming up against. Tom, thank you very much as always for your time um, You're uh, this week. Um, uh, I'm assuming. Well, uh, we we are, of course, as we always do, uh, reviewing your excellent bulletin that is available on the Toolstation Westernly website. Yeah, indeed, that's on the homepage, and then also, yeah, there's a tab along the top uh, when you first uh, load the page. So, yeah, that's that's available on the on the website most Sunday afternoons, I think. And um, how about your words in the West uh, in the non-league paper? Is uh, are you in there this week? Yeah, indeed, a couple hundred words on the, uh, the Premier Division uh, matches that took place on Saturday afternoon. So, yeah, that's uh, in the step five and six section of the non-league paper, yeah. Well, thank you very much for getting my picture. Uh, well, not mm-hmm. actually my picture. I mean, it's not a picture of me, but it is a picture that I took. Um, into... A very pleasant one, too. Yeah, thank you. Uh, into this week's bulletin. I mean, I mean if, um, if there are other... I mean, we've got plenty of... Uh, uh, fans, of course, across the Western League who listen to this and read your bulletin. If uh, if they're at a game and they take a picture of, uh, you know, they get a good shot. Um, how can they? How can they get that to you? How can they yes. get that in the bulletin? Absolutely, yeah. I'd love to love to include as many photos as possible. So I mean, uh, the Twitter account for to find me and uh, yeah, give me a message is at hiscott, which is H I S C O double T. Uh, and then you can also find me, uh, yeah, probably emails probably best. That'll be Tom underscore Hiscott at hotmail.co.uk. So yeah, any any photos always always keen to in, include, yeah, yeah, in, in the bulletin. Excellent stuff, Tom. Thank you very much for your time. And um, you and I will very much be talking about the FA Vars uh, this time next week on the Tool Station Western League podcast.